Amen. What a great night to be in God's house. He is so faithful to meet with us, and there's no better place to be than in his presence. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's pray for the word tonight before we look at it. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the entirety of your word that is truth. The promises in your word, God, where you said that they, every single one of them are yes and amen. Lord, you have divine purpose for us as we look into your word. And so all we want to hear tonight is your voice, your voice, Holy Spirit. And so we position ourselves and we say, come and speak. We open up our ears. Lord, we shut out every other distraction right now in the name of Jesus. And we say this time is yours. And Father, I pray that you would come and cause your word to pierce every single one of our hearts. That, Lord, we would lean into your call to your divine purpose, Lord, that your name would be made great, that your kingdom would come, O God, as we say yes to your word, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, as we say yes to your word. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, our title tonight is Courage Under Fire. Courage Under Fire. Soldiers understand that in the battle there is a high chance that they will experience fire attack from the enemy. They will experience fire from the enemy. And when those shots are fired, there is a high chance of either injury or death. And in these moments, what a soldier really needs is courage and skill. They need courage and skill under this enemy fire. And in the spiritual, there are a few different types of fire that we experience as well. And how many know that supernatural courage is required of us in these moments? And as I've been just praying in recent days, the Holy Spirit has been prompting me regarding his glory, regarding the promise of his fire, and how we will require his courage. God's word is clear on what his heart burns for. His heart burns for souls to be saved. His heart burns for his kingdom. His heart burns for his church to be made strong. His heart burns for the dry bones to receive the breath of God, to come to life, to stand up and become the greatest spiritual army on this earth. God burns for Habakkuk 2.14, where it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This word knowledge in this verse, it means to perceive, to understand, acknowledge, consider, declare. In other words, the whole earth will perceive and declare the abundance and glory of God's presence. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 to 6, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And you know, right before these familiar verses, Paul says that the God of this age, being Satan, has blinded the minds of those who do not know the Lord, those who do not believe. Satan literally is working day and night to stop the knowledge of God's glory from being released. But church... This passage tells us that God has shown the knowledge of his glory into our hearts. And there is a command upon our lives. And the command is for his light to shine forth, to spread the fire of his glory into the darkness. 
And as we yearn for his glory, as we press in for the fire to consume us, there is a responsibility that comes with his fire and with his glory. We must release it into the darkness. Spreading his glory is absolutely going to require the fire of his Holy Spirit and a supernatural courage. We are going to need his courage under fire. When the fire of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, three things immediately occurred. Mocking, a divine courage from the Lord, and an anointing for mass salvations. Let's look at these familiar verses in Acts chapter 2, verses 12 to 17 and 21. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, this is after fire has fallen at Pentecost, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This passage shows us that the enemy immediately came to mock. He immediately came to try and snuff out that fire of the Holy Spirit that was being poured out. But Peter stood up with the fire upon him and had a divine courage upon his spirit. And he declared that the Spirit of the Lord was moving in fire and in power. And that it was for everyone. And he also declared that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Further on in this passage, Peter calls the people to believe on Jesus Christ and his resurrection power. Verses 37 to 39. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 37, when they heard about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, it says that they were cut to the heart. Church, do you perceive the fire of the Spirit that is being poured out? And when you experience this fire, will you allow your heart to be cut Will you allow your heart to break for what breaks the heart of Jesus Christ? Peter tells them in the next verse to save themselves from this perverse generation. And you know, I love the example of these apostles because they gladly received the word of the Lord. They gladly received the fire of God and what the Holy Spirit was doing in their midst. They continued steadfastly in prayer in the doctrine of the word of God, and in the house of the Lord. In verse 47, it says, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Can you believe for that in our day? The Lord added daily to the house those who were being saved. Holy Holy Spirit fire fell, and then came mocking Then came a divine courage to remain under this fire, to remain consecrated under this fire. And then came anointing for mass salvation. 
Our main passage tonight, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Joshua chapter 1. Familiar passage, I know. You've heard it preached so many times. Let's look at it with fresh eyes tonight, though. Joshua 1, verses 8 to 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God says to us tonight, be courageous as you do not depart from the word of the Lord, from the word of God that calls us to keep his fire burning day and night, from the word of God that calls us to be consecrated under this fire, from the word of God that calls us to speak life into the dry bones that they would rise up in the name of Jesus, from the word of God which calls us to be courageous as you war in the spirit for the land that God has given to you. God says be courageous. Joshua was commanded to have courage as he fought. He fought for the salvation of the Lord. He conquered naturally and spiritually. He possessed the promised land for God's glory, and he saw the salvation of the Lord. Numbers chapter 27, verse 18, it tells us that Joshua was a man in whom the Spirit of God dwelt. Joshua was led by the fire of the Spirit and with divine courage. He was commissioned to lead God's people to possess a land that was spiritually dark for his glory. We know that Jesus sent his disciples into spiritual darkness to bring forth his light. And jo just as Joshua was called to enter the promises of God, there is a promise of God upon this house. There is a promise of God upon every single home that is represented here tonight. There is a promise upon your sons and your daughters. There is a promise upon every young man and every young woman, upon every old man and every old woman in this house tonight. The promise of God. And he says, you will enter into these promises when you have my courage, when you have my fire that is leading you. To enter into this promise of a mighty outpouring of his spirit, it requires his fire and his courage. There are two sides to courage. Both are needed in order to see his miracles, in order to see his fire and salvations. Number one tonight, courage under the fiery darts of the enemy. Ephesians 6, verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. There will be fiery darts from the enemy as you pursue the outpouring of the Spirit. These fiery darts will be aimed at your faith. These fiery darts will be aimed to quench that burning fire that is burning within you. These fiery darts will be aimed at your knowledge of the Word of God, will be aimed at your natural ability to continue to press in, to, con to, to continue to pursue even when you feel naturally weak. They will be aimed as you seek to witness for the Lord and bring his light into darkness. And you know, in chapter 1 of Joshua, three times in the first nine verses alone, God commanded Joshua to have courage. 
God repeats this command to Joshua because he understood the natural and the spiritual enemies that Joshua was going to face as he entered into God's promise. But there was a fire in Joshua's spirit, and so God told him to not be afraid. He said, Joshua, do not give in to the size of your enemies. Do not give in to the number of your enemies. And instead, he placed a command upon his life, and he said, Joshua, you will need courage. You will need my fire. You will need my power in order to see my salvation. You will need an unwavering faith to know that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, saith the Lord. And church, we too, we need divine courage to destroy every single fiery dart against our light and against our trust in God. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I'd like to say this tonight, that Satan only has power when you give him power. I recently was admonishing my youngest daughter, Gabby, and I said, Gabby, you need to learn how to destroy the enemy in your life. She said, Mom, how am I supposed to do that? Every single time, it seems like he just keeps coming back. He's not actually destroyed. I was not clear enough in my admonition to her. And the truth is, is that Satan will only be fully destroyed on the day of Christ's return. However, this is a really important however in our lives. His attack and his holds over certain areas of your life need to be destroyed in the name of Jesus. His attacks can be and need to be destroyed. John chapter 11, verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? It's time to wield our shield of faith. The believing spirit must rise up. It must not crumple under the fiery darts of Satan in order for us to see the glory of God. It's time for us to understand that God is fighting for his church. He is fighting for his promises. He is fighting for us to stop turning back to complacency in the old way of living. Listen, he is looking for a generation who would say, enough is enough. The fire of my God is greater than the fiery darts of the wicked one that are piercing the land and this culture. The devil will not leave you alone. You're welcome for that. He will not leave you alone. But you can sharpen your spiritual weapons and recognize his advances more, clear, more quickly and more clearly. Have courage under the fiery darts. Sharpen your battle weapons every single day. When you worship, declare the written word of God. You war in the spirits. This is not new teaching tonight, I know that. When you pray, you prophesy the written word of God. Every single time you face discouragement, you face fear, loneliness, discomfort, apathy, confusion, every single time you have to pick up the word of God. You have to recite a verse and the enemy will flee when you wield the sword of the spirit. Listen, we cannot afford to be able to recite lines from movies and entire songs but not be able to recite the word of God in our lives. We cannot afford to be reading every other book except the Word of God. This is not the time to stand back and watch other people fight. This is not the time to get comfortable, but this is the time to sharpen every single spiritual weapon that God has given to us. When you speak the Word with 
faith, it will move, and it will shift your mind. This is how we have divine courage, and we deflect every fiery dart. It is written, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is the truth and the power of God's word. And so I would ask you tonight, where is the attack in your life? Where is the attack in your life? And we declare right now, we just take a moment and we say, no weapon formed against your heart will prosper. No weapon formed against the fire that is burning in your spirit will prosper in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against your spouse, against your son or daughter, against your home, against Christ City Church tonight, against the city of Edmonton will prosper in the name of Jesus for the glory of God alone, that his purposes would be fulfilled. As you begin to pursue the salvation of God, the outpouring of his spirit, being his light and imparting his glory, there will be attack and you will need courage under this attack. Joshua was commanded to stretch forth the spear and to not draw it back until every enemy of Ai was defeated. And we've heard this teaching before, but we know that that spear, repre that spear represented his intercessory prayers. So many passages that perhaps we just need to go back to in our quiet time with the Lord and just be reminded of the power of our offensive weapons. Passages on worship warfare, my personal favorite is Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let us read these passages with fresh eyes. It is in the presence of God where we will have courage to defeat every attack. Psalm 110, verse 2, the Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. And number two, the final point tonight is we need to have courage under the fire of the Holy Spirit. Joshua had courage multiple times as he was led by the fire in the presence of the Lord. Joshua 23, verses 2 to 3 and 6 to 11 I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. And lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. You know, as we enter God's promises and we believe for his miracles, there is a steadfastness in the spirit that we are called to. Look at the words from this passage that we just read. We will enter new grounds that God has conquered for us, but we are not to make mention of the idols that live there. We are not to turn back to the old way of living. God will lead us and he will fight for us, but we must be courageous under the fire of the Spirit and not turn aside from his fire or his commands. In order for us to spread the knowledge of the glory of God, it's going to require divine courage under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Joshua 3, verses 3 to 4. 
they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And you know, I believe the Spirit of the Lord honestly would say this to us tonight regarding this passage. There is a way ahead of us that we have never passed through before. There is breakthrough that we have not yet seen. There are signs and wonders that are yet to be performed. There are brand new salvations that we have yet to behold. But we must be as these people, that when we see the fire and we see the presence of God, it says we must go after it. We must not go ahead of it. We must not go around it. We must not have our own ideas and imaginations and plans for what we want to do, but we must get under his presence. For when we get under his presence, it will be as a fire that will lead us, that will burn within us. Courage is required to stay under his fire, to be led by his fire, and to keep it burning. There might be those who will question, who will question your persistence. There may be those who will question the fire that is burning within you. There may be those who will question your commitment to evangelize, to go after the lost and the broken. And there may be times that when you become weary under the weights and the constant fight, but know this, God commands courage, and he commands for his fire to be ablaze within our lives, morning, noon, and night. And church, when we do not turn back, when we push it, when we press in, when we persistently go after the things that break the heart of God, he will keep his fire ablaze, and he will lead us to possess this city, to possess this province, to spread the knowledge of the glory of God in his nation, Canada. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 to 3. When Solomon had finished praying, Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavements. They didn't even have carpet like we do. They had pavements. And they worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. If you read before this passage, Solomon is praying, and in his prayer there are specific aspects in his prayer. He's praying for God to forgive the sins of the people. The people have repentant hearts. He's praying that the presence of the Lord would remain in his temple day and night perpetually. And there will be times that as we are pressing in and praying as Solomon was, that when the fire of God falls, we will need to bow down, faces to the ground as his fire rests upon us. Listen, there is a principle in the word of God of bowing down under his fire, of getting on our knees and honoring his fire, of sacrificing, surrendering all that we are to his fire. It's going to require courage for some of you to bow down in the house of God during worship. 
But I believe even now the Holy Spirit is stirring and he is speaking to some of you. Maybe uncomfortable, it might be something that you have never done before. But if you would have courage to get under his fire, your heart will break for what breaks his. Your perspective will come into alignment with his kingdom perspective. And there will be a powerful burning of any chaff that might be in your hearts, of any chaff that might be in your life. When God's fire fell in the Old Testament, his people bowed down. And they encountered his glory in such a measure that I pray we too would yearn for just as they experienced it. As we get under his fire, as we get on our knees, as we bow down before the Lord, would you ask him to reveal the souls to you? Ask him to reveal the ways that he is calling you to intercede, the ways that he is calling you to spread his glory. As you get low under his fire, he will anoint you and he will give you supernatural courage. Some of you are going to be called into places where you have never gone before. There will be people that you will be called to speak to, that you'll be called to pray for, to invite to church, and you have never done this before, but God would say, fear not. Get on your knees and let his fire burn. Don't think about what others are going to think of you. Just let it burn and watch and see what the Lord will do through you. God repeatedly commanded Joshua to be courageous because God knew that the fear from the enemy and that Joshua's natural weaknesses, they had the potential to rob Joshua of his spiritual victory and his inheritance of the Lord. Church, it is possible that we will not enter into what God has promised. It is possible that some people will not choose the fire of the Spirit, but instead they will yield to the fiery darts of the wicked one. Yet the Lord says, if you surrender and you get under my fire and my word, I will enable you to enter into those promises. It's by his Spirit, his Spirit alone and his fire alone. This is the final thing that I want to leave with us tonight. When God sent the 12 spies to go into Canaan, to spy out the land that he was giving them to possess, they saw that it was a good land, a land with much harvest, just like our land, isn't that the truth? But they also saw a vast number of enemies God told them that they would need to defeat. They saw how large this army was and how big and strong these men were. And we know how this story goes. They returned to their people and 10 out of 12 men spoke with fear and discouragement. The majority of God's people, really, the majority were not men of faith and courage except for Caleb and Joshua. Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. There was a bit of an uproar. He quieted the people and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. And what is interesting in this story is that a leader from each tribe was chosen to be one of the spies. And if you look at verse 16, it says this, and Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Hosea was chosen as one of the spies, but before they went on their God mission, God commanded Moses to change Hosea's name to Joshua. And this name change at this particular moment is significant. Some scholars translate the name Hosea, 
as it is in the King James, as deliverer. The name Joshua translates Jehovah is salvation. And there are some who believe that the name O'Shea signifies a prayer for salvation, save thou, while the name Joshua signifies the promise of salvation, he will save. You see, up to this point, Joshua knew his God as a promise, keeping God a power, but he would soon learn that only God could save. That conquest would occur because Joshua would learn to rely on the supernatural power and the fire of his God to save. You see, church, there is a prayer for salvation, but then there is a promise for salvation. And when I read about this name change at this particular moment of history in a new light, my spirit literally leapt because I understood that the Lord was showing me that Hosea's name was changed to Joshua before he embarked on his God mission because it was Joshua who would come back and impart courage and faith into the people. But Joshua had the courage because God changed his name. How many here have ever received a name change from the Lord our God? We have been called and chosen as well. Joshua understood that it was his God who was going to bring about the promise of salvation and inheritance of the people. And we know the story goes later on in Joshua that it is he who leads God's people into their salvation. You see, I believe that God knew that Joshua would need incredible courage for the journey he was about to embark on. He knew that he would need supernatural faith to deflect every fiery dart of the enemy. So God changed his name to indicate that he would be with him and enable him to conquer and enter into his promises. So here's the question for us tonight. What land has God called us to possess to conquer? Our Canaan is our Canada. It is a land of darkness. It is a land of unbelief. It is a land of such deep roots of pride. It is a land of self-reliance, self-sufficiency. But church, it is also a land that is spiritually hungry and desperate for the salvation of God, and they don't even know it. This is the land that we have called to possess. And I would say tonight that the battle line is being drawn in our land of Canaan, in our land of Canada. So which fire will you submit to? Will you submit to the fiery darts of the enemy or to the fire of the Holy Spirit? Will you have courage to not only defend, but to draw people into his fire? Let us be the church of Jesus Christ who steps into the promised land of the outpouring of his spirit for salvation. I want to finish tonight by reading a few verses. Let this be a prophetic declaration over our lives in Joshua chapter 1, 2 to 9. Christ city, now arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
And the Holy Spirit would say to us that you too have been given a new name, just like Joshua. You too have been called and chosen as a priest to possess this land for God's kingdom, to release the knowledge of his glory throughout this land. And you know, we have to decide as the warrior Joshua did in chapter 24, as he began to see the enemy trying to take control of the grounds that God had already won for them. We have to be intentional as Joshua was and be able to say, not on my watch. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in his truth only. Would you make the choice to get on your knees under his fire? Would you surrender to his fire and just let it burn? Just let it burn and set your heart and your mouth ablaze for him. For your name tonight is no longer fearful, but it is faithful. Your name tonight is no longer anxious, but it is peace. Your name is no longer weak, but it is warrior. Some of you need to perhaps just receive that. Your name is no longer apathetic, but it is passionate for Jesus Christ and his kingdom call upon your life. Your name tonight is no longer defeated or discouraged, but it is courageous if you would believe that greater is the fire of God that rests upon your life than the fiery darts of the wicked one. Habakkuk 2.14 in the Living Bible, it says, The time will come when all the earth is filled as the waters fill the sea with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. There's one final verse that I just felt the Lord wanted to impart to us tonight. Beautiful verse from King David. Listen to what he says in Psalm 39, verse 3. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. This word musing here means to meditate while I was tying myself in with the Lord in all ways. It says, my heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. You see, in your praise and in your meditation on God's word, the fire will burn if you ask for it. Let us follow David's example. He let the fire burn hot first in his heart. Then he spoke. Let the fire of God burn in you, then speak as he calls you to. He'll put a fire in your heart for intercessions. Let's stand together tonight. He'll put a fire in your mouth to pray for, to invite the lost into his house. He'll begin to put a fire upon every spiritual weapon as you wield it to destroy the devil's work and to prophesy his light into the darkness. Listen, I want to say this. Would you just close your eyes? Shut yourself in with the Lord tonight. The altars are open if you want to come, but I want to just say one, almost one final thing, okay? I really believe that God would say this tonight, that as you get under the fire of his Holy Spirit, as you allow your heart to burn hot within you for his kingdom and for his purposes, that he will begin to burn hot in your mouth so that you will begin to call to the north and you will call to the south and you will call to the east, and you will call to the west, and you will begin to call the lost into the kingdom of God. You will begin to prophesy and intercede for the hurting and for the broken. As we begin to say, glory of God, come upon us. Fire of God, would you burn so deeply and so passionately within us. We begin to call people home to you. We begin to Say, Satan, you no longer will blind their minds to your glory. 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We bind the works of darkness in the name of Jesus, and we loose the knowledge of the glory of God over these souls. This is what the Lord wants to do in our lives. Let's take a moment and worship him tonight. If you need to bow down, bow down. However the Lord is drawing you tonight, Holy Spirit is speaking to you, let's just take a few moments before we go tonight and honor the fire of God and be the church that says, as the battle line is drawn, I will submit to the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let's worship the Lord.